Dear brothers and sisters, today I want to say something about forgiveness, al-afu, al-safh. I should also like to consider why forgiveness is a virtue, why we need to forgive. Where do we situate this idea of forgiveness? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us and we forgive others because crises happen. We sin, we make mistakes. That is the human condition and we cannot escape it. Surah An-Nisa 28 tells us وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا And man or and mankind was created weak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not expect us to be perfect at the very beginning of creation as in Surah Al-Baqarah 36 فَأَزَلَّهُمَا الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَ فِيهِ Satan made them slip from the garden Adam and Eve. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us despite our weaknesses and errors. Surah Al-An'am 147 reads فَإِن كَذَّبُوكَ فَقُرْ رَبُّكُمْ ذُو رَحْمَةٍ وَاسِعَةٍ If they reject you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَقُلْ رَبُّكُمْ ذُو رَحْمَةٍ وَاسِعَةٍ Say, your God's mercy is completely overwhelming. وَلَا يُرَدُّ بَأْسُهُ عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ But his punishment cannot be diverted from the evildoers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts us when we fall. He gives us hope when we despair. Read if you wish Surah Az-Zumar 53. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Say, O oh my servants, who have transgressed against themselves or against their souls do not despair of Allah's mercy Allah forgives all sins this verse which is a timeless tutorial in hope makes a statement of the most fundamental kind. Allah forgives all sins. This verse also makes a connection between sinning and emotional crisis. Do not despair. As if the verse tells us that that sinning are one of the reasons of emotional breakdown. If we listen carefully to the ayah, we find another nuance that is lost in translation. The preposition ala 
with the genitive noun أنفسهم against their souls against themselves hints that sins and transgressions cause a heaviness in the soul and this is an idea which is not uncommon in the Quran Surah Al-Ankabut 13 says أثقالهم, and they will carry their burdens although of course the ayah is speaking about the hereafter at this point at the point of emotional distress comes forgiveness and redemption Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in the ayah of Surah Al-Zumar that in the midst of despair he is with us he lifts us from the pit from the ghayabat from the ghulumat of hopelessness in so doing this ayah is profoundly liberating whenever we feel unable to carry on reading this verse is empowering dear brothers and sisters just as it is Allah's way to be merciful and forgiving to sinners and to receive them in their repentance, the Quran calls upon us to forgive one another. Surah An-Nur 22 tells us, And let them pardon and forgive. Do you not wish that God should forgive you? How beautiful it is that this verse in Surah An-Nur turns from the third person to the second person. تحبون, to address us directly and to give the ayah a timeless meaning. This idea of forgiving others resonates with the best known passage on forgiveness in the Gospels found in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Perhaps one reason why all major religious traditions and wisdoms extol the value of forgiveness is that it takes courage to forgive. Forgiving means letting go. Letting go of the pain. Letting go of our feeling that we have been wronged. In this context, I find Ashura 43 revealing. وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرْ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ If a person is patient and forgives, this is one of the greatest things, or this is proof of genuine determination, or this is evidence of a courageous will. This expression, Azm al-Umur, appears three times in the Quran, in Surah Al-Imran, in Surah Luqman, and in Surah Ashura. But it is only in Surah Ashura, which is in the context of forgiveness, do we find the particle, the lamb, lamin azmi al-umur, 
to give it a more emphatic meaning. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the courage to try. Udkhulu alayhim al-bab. The ability to forgive. Wal-afina anil nas. The readiness to learn. La abrahu hatta ablugh. And the faith to persist and overcome setbacks. Forgiveness brings about transformation. In forgiveness lies the possibility of rebirth. Note how comforting Al-Furqan 70 really is. إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ But only those who repent, believe, and act righteously will have their sins replaced by virtue. One possibility in interpreting the verse as recorded by Al-Alusi in his tafsir, Ruh Al-Ma'ani, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaces the evil inclination with the faculty to do the good, Malakat Al-Khayr. Forgiveness involves a personal transformation, not only on the part of the one who has done wrong, as we have seen in Surah Al-Furqan, but also on the part of the wronged, the injured person, the one who forgives. Surah Fussilat 34 tells us, Idfa' billati hiya ahsan. Repel evil by that which is better. And then in the following verse, it says, وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا But none is granted it except those who are patient. And patience implies a change of heart. In her book, The Human Condition, Hannah Arendt made the connection between forgiveness, hope, and freedom. The need for forgiveness, she argued, springs from the contingency of the human condition and from the fact that we can never always foresee the consequences of our acts. She says, and I quote, without being forgiven, released from the consequences of what we have done, our capacity to act would, as it were, be confined to one single deed from which we could never recover. We would remain the victims of its consequences forever. End quote. So forgiveness liberates one from the past so that one can focus on the present and the future. Those who can forgive construct a future that does not repeat the past. Al-Ma'idah 95 reads, Afallahu amma salaf. God has pardoned what is past. And Al-Anfal 38 agrees dear brothers and sisters forgiveness with the associated concept of tawbah teaches us to learn from failure rather than be defeated by it i find two passages in the quran deeply helpful ali imran 152 and 153 
ولقد صدقكم الله وعده اتحسونهم بإذنه حتى إذا فشلتم وتنازعتم في الأمر وعصيتم من بعد ما أراكم ما تحبون منكم من يريد الدنيا ومنكم من يريد الآخرة ثم صرفكم عنهم ليبتليكم ولقد عفى عنكم والله ذو فضل على المؤمنين اتصعدون ولا تلوون على أحد أن إن قراءة أن إرجل القراءة على أحد جبل أحد والرسول يدعوكم في أخراكم فأثابكم غما بغم لكي لا تحزنوا على ما فاتكم ولا ما أصابكم والله خبير بما تعملون The first verse speaks about the dispute in Uhud and the eventual defeat of the Muslims although it makes it clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven the companions وَلَقَدْ عَفَى عَنْكُمْ So the framework of the verse is one of forgiveness. The next verse then reads, فَأَثَابَكُمْ غَمَّا بِغَمٍ لِكَيْ لَا تَحْزَنُونَ He rewarded you with grief on grief, so that you might not sorrow. Now on the face of it, the verse is not very easy to digest, for me at least. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making them grieve so that they will not grieve? What does this mean? One way to understand the verse is to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making them grieve today so that they will not grieve in the future, in more difficult times. So the subtle lesson here, and Allah knows best, of course, the meanings of his book, is that setbacks and failures are training experiences for us. They make us stronger against future contingencies. The most difficult events are those that cause us to grow. So these two verses are a melting pot in which the ideas of forgiveness, repentance, tragedy, and hope all come together. I recall here an enigmatic story from the Old Testament, from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, in which Ya'qub, Jacob, wrestles with an unknown adversary from night until the break of day. In verse 27, Jacob says to this stranger, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob refuses to end this violent encounter until he extracts a blessing. The symbolism of this mysterious story in the Hebrew Bible resonates with the verses in Surah Ali Imran. Setbacks can be blessings. They make us ask, what does this allow me to do that I could not have done before? In Surah Al-Duha, for example, the antidote to Alam Yajibka Yatiman is Dear brothers and sisters, the Quran is intended to be read aloud القرآن, and to be listened to. فاستمعوا. It is an oral phenomenon before it is a written expression of faith. We cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we can listen to him. 
This is more than a fact on the nature of revelation, on the nature of the Quran. It is a moral lesson as well. The ability to listen, not only to the voice of God, but to listen to other people. That is, wallahu a'lam, one of the meanings of the fascinating description of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah At-Tawbah 61. وَمِنْهُمُ الَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ النَّبِيَّ وَيَقُولُونَ هُوَ أُذُنُ قُلْ أُذُنُ خَيْرٍ لَكُمْ And some of them heard the Prophet by saying, He is an ear. He is only a hearer. He listens to everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defending his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responds, Indeed, هُوَ أُذُنُ قُلْ أُذُنُ Indeed, he is an ear of good. To forgive is to have the ability to listen to others.